Now you are on the clock. Hey everyone, it's Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com. Today we want to talk a little bit about the Revelations draft that we took part in this past Friday evening. Um, this is an FFPC format that's it's called the it's a classic satellite league, which is your basic typical redraft league. Um, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody talk about classic format versus like a football guys or a main event. So we'll get into a little bit about the differences between the two. For the most part, they're the same um, in terms of, of how you construct your roster, but how the leagues uh, pay out and the the overall format is, is there's some slight differences. So I happen to be in Harrisonburg, Virginia for this draft. I did not realize when I signed up for it back in February that my son's College graduation would be going on almost at the same time as this draft. So luckily we got everything done with the graduation, and then it was back to the hotel room for the 9 p.m. kickoff for this draft. Anyway, this uh, particular league, it, it's it's one of the more high-profile leagues that they have at the FFPC. Um, they've got one league called Genesis, another one called Revelations. They typically are the inaugural kickoff leagues um, for redraft leagues um, at the FFPC. For the most part, you've got best ball leagues running, you know, right after the Super Bowl, um, you know, through the preseason. But this is right after the NFL draft. They have these two leagues kind of set the stage for your redraft leagues as as we move forward um, and march towards the season. So again, the format for this league is it's a standard redraft. It's 20 rounds. Um, you've got a starting lineup of one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, two flex spots, which are wide, uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And you have a kicker and you have a defense. So that's the same as the football guys competition. But the differences between the classic satellite league and a football guys league, other than the entry fees, which it, this one happens to be a hundred and fifty dollar entry fee, um, they also have two hundred and fifty and five hundred dollar entry fees for this format as well. But you're playing just within your league, so it's it's your, it's your standard head to head, um, you know, twelve man league, and. The uh, the regular season for a classic league, it's, it's 13 weeks. It's total points. You don't actually play head-to-head against um, against your league mates. So it's 13 weeks regular season with total points um, being accumulated. And the top six competitors participate in the, participate in the playoffs between weeks 14 and 16. Now, the playoffs are head-to-head, so the top two teams will get a bye in week 14, and then they'll just play it through head-to-head, competing against each other um, with the winner being uh, declared on week 16. In a football guys competition, you play head-to-head, 
against every other team in your league, and that's that's an eleven week regular season. Um, then they have the league playoffs weeks twelve and thirteen head to head, and then the winners across the um, the football guys leagues. You know, there's there's hundreds of them. They go into that overall championship and consolation rounds brackets where you're, you're trying to play for the two hundred fifty thousand um, dollar main prize in football guys and entry fee for football guys. Uh, league is $350. So um, the scoring and the roster setup is the same. Um, and there are waiver periods. You know, you're going you're gonna to have a fab run um, every week. And you get your $1,000 fab budget. So that, that goes the same for both um, classic and football guys. Now, when you're drafting this early at the FFPC, there are actually two waiver runs that happen before week one. So things are going to happen to the players that you draft now. Um, so you're not going to be screwed if your kicker gets hurt or you're, you know, if, if there's this, you know, mass bloodshed that happens to your roster, you can address that through the, the couple of waiver periods um, before the season starts. Same thing with the football guys. They got two waiver runs there. Um, you also can run uh, waivers during the playoffs in the set classic satellites. So weeks 14 through 16, if you're participating in the playoffs, you can pick up players. Um, and in the football guys competition, if you are competing in the league championship round, which is weeks 12 and 13, you can make waiver wire pickups there. Once you move into the main brackets, uh, you know, weeks 14 through 16 and are competing against that overall pool, there's no more um, pickups in that uh, in that competition. Prize structure in a classic satellite league, and this one, which was a $150 entry, first place gets $1,250, second place gets $250. In a football guys competition, and you can go to FFPC, This it's, it's one of their flagship competitions over there it, it gets pretty deep but generally you you if you win your league there's prizes for winning your league uh first place within your league um you have three options you can take the $1,500 cash prize you can take an entry into a 2020 FFPC main event or you can take a three pack of 2020 football guys entries plus $500 so you have your choice of what you want to um take for for winning your league um and then in the championship rounds for the football guys competition obviously the main um prize is the overall two hundred fifty thousand dollar prize for first place but then they have pretty deep payouts beyond that and you can go to ffpc they they list it out if they pay cash prizes down to 150th place um 151st to 550th place you get a free entry into a 2020 Football Guys uh, draft. And after that, paying down to the 800th place, you get, um, there's footballguys.com subscriptions that you can win. Also, if you win your league in a Football Guys competition, they give out a really nice uh, medal for every league that you win. So that's a nice keepsake. It's, it's a nice coin. Um, I'll try to post a picture of that when I post this. Uh, podcast uh, so people can check that out but that's that's a nice keepsake from from winning a football guys league um, so that's basically the the format of 
of the satellite versus the football guy. So again, this is I'm participating in a classic satellite draft, and it because these are sort of high profile leagues. It, there's a bunch of sharks in these leagues, so these are some of the most experienced FFPC players um, that you can compete against. And if you didn't know, any league that you're in at the FFPC, if you go to the owners page, you can see the list of all of the owners in your league. And if they are classified as experienced, there'll be a little green badge next to their name. So I think you get that if you've... There's a couple criteria. One is... Um, a certain amount of money won um, overall or having won a certain number of contests. But uh, that's always interesting. So it are, there's green badges, you know, all over the place and, and the owner's screen for this particular league. So was fully expecting it to be non-ADP-based, people just reaching for their guys and for things to potentially get out of hand, which is, you know, we saw that in certain spots. Um but I'll get into the draft. I was drafting out of the 12 spot, so which was nice. Sometimes I like just to you know to have that long break between um, making your pick and kind of letting uh, the draft progress that way and let it come to you. Um, so my first round pick was Joe Mixon um, at the 112. Uh, I passed on Todd Gurley there. He I, I'm sort of anti-girly right now, um, and I had already predetermined if he was going to make it to me there, I was not taking him. So we'll see what happens with him, but I, I picked Joe Mixon first. I like his bell cow potential for 2019. Um, there is a little bit of an injury concern. He, you know, I don't, he hasn't played the full season yet. He missed a couple games last year, but I addressed that by grabbing Gio Bernard uh, much later in the draft. So this, the situation in Cincinnati's improved, and I think he's going to have uh, another solid year um, in 2019. My second pick, I took Zach Ertz at uh, the 201. I love having that stud tight end in these redraft leagues where I don't necessarily have to stream tight ends or you know be playing the guessing game. Um because the the list of tight ends that can deliver for you on a week in week out basis is is pretty dicey, um, but they don't get any more solid than Ertz. Um, so that was my second pick. Now at the two o two, my my good man, Mister Two Packer, uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he, he and he's actually won this league uh, the past two years. So drafting right next to the league champ for two years, you know, the prior two years. Uh, it's you knew there's going to be shenanigans that were going on, um, so <laughs> there wasn't going to be much value falling to me. Um, but he grabbed Todd Gurley at the 202. So, and I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, May 5th. Now, last night, just to digress, in the football guys leagues, we saw Todd Gurley go at the 206. So we're, we're you're seeing Gurley kind of slide in those leagues that are being drafted by the more experienced players. So um, take that for what that's worth. Personally, I don't think um, – if everything goes right for Gurley, I'm thinking he has maybe a third or fourth round uh, value ADP-wise. The vibes are just so bad. 
beginning with all the bu- the bullshit that has been going on since the Super Bowl, the way they were using him, the way the way that they went out and secured Malcolm Brown um, when he was given an offer sheet in free agency, and then they go out and grab, um, you know, Daryl Henderson in the third round of the draft. So all the vibes are bad for Gurley. Um, they're being, you know, very um, misleading and being evasive about this injury. So he's he's probably not going to be on any of my teams unless, you know, we see him play. But I just, even if he does play, you got to believe they're they're going to manage his workload much differently than they did last year. He, he's not going to come back and be, you know, subjected to the wear and tear that led to the the uh, the arthritic condition um, that he has right now. You, you got to believe they're just going to change the way they they manage his his workload. So that's my spiel on on Todd Gurley. Let's get back to the draft. Um, third round. I took Aaron Jones, uh, running back. Uh, I would have taken a wide receiver, but Mr. Tupacker took the last of the wide receivers I would have considered at that spot. Hilton, Diggs, and Cooper went uh, right prior to my selection here. So I rolled with Aaron Jones um, at the 312. He does actually have a 312 ADP, if you're following along at FantasyMojo.com, where we have our ADP charts. Um... I considered Devonta Freeman, but the tiebreaker for me was that Freeman and Mixon both have a week nine bye. So that was the deciding factor as to why I selected Aaron Jones um, at the 312. Now at the 4-1, I, I avoided the, the Todd Gurley carrot that was dangling in at, at the end of the first round. But so Patrick Mahomes is sitting there. Um I don't usually take a quarterback early, and yes, it is taboo traditionally to, to grab a tight end and a quarterback within your first five picks. But I went ahead and 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 bid on 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 the Mahomes carrot and and picked him up, knowing that with him in place, I don't need to grab a second quarterback the rest of my draft. I'm just going to ride with Mahomes. If he's healthy, I'm playing him every week. I'm not playing a streaming game or playing matchups. It's just going to be Mahomes. So I only have to worry about backfilling him in week 12, which I can worry about in season. Um, so that's the upside of of, of, of picking Mahomes in, in my mind um, at the 4-12. Um, I'm sorry, at the 4-1. Um, so getting good value on him, it, you know, Mahomes has a, an ADP of around um, 3.6. So it's and again. This is going to free me free me up to take another dart um, later in the draft with that extra roster spot that I have uh, instead of um, having to pick another guy up there. So in the fifth round, at the end at the end of the fifth. So I don't have any wide receivers at this point. I've gone running back, tight end, running back, quarterback, and I don't have any re- wide receivers. So I was going to take Tyler Lockett. At the 512, but Mr. Tupacker grabbed him at 511. I thought I was going to be sneaking, grab him ahead of his ADP, but Mr. Tupacker, you know, one upped me and took him at the 511. So I opted for Chris, Chris Godwin. And in fact, in the fifth, sixth, and seventh 
rounds. I grabbed receivers at each of those spots. Now, granted, these aren't number one wide receivers here. I grabbed Chris Godwin. Um, who else did I, I grab? Chris Godwin, Tyler Boyd, and Dante Pettis. None of those guys is a number one wide receiver. But Godwin's expected to step up with the son at Jackson and Humphreys gone in Tampa Bay. Um, the Cincinnati situation is, is, is much improved, so that bodes well for Tyler Boyd. And, and A.J. Green is very fragile, and you never know when he's just going to leave a game or you know take an extended uh, series of games off. Uh, he's kind of on my bad list after costing me money last year in the uh, $750 uh, live draft, uh, uh, best ball drafts out in, um, out in Vegas for the FFPC. But so A.J. Green's kind of fragile, and Dante Pettis stands to be the number one receiver in the San Francisco offense. He's a possible breakout candidate, um, and he was very, very productive that last third of the season last year. So the vibes are good in San Fran. Um, so that being said, I've got three sort of number two, number three guys uh, at the at the wideout position. Um, but you only need to start two. Um, in the FFPC, so, and, and we'll see that I kind of, uh, I strengthened the wide receiver core, so we've got four months before the season starts, so the the wide receiver pool that I have, we'll, we'll see how that develops over the course of um, of the summer. So, when the eighth round comes around, I've only got two running backs rostered, so clearly I need to address that situation, so... Um, these guys were sniping running backs left and right. So they're, the the guys with a lot of upside are, are mostly gone. Um, so but, so I decided to pick uh, Jordan Howard. And while Miles Sanders is, is getting most of the hype, Howard should still have a defined role. And I, I do think that the Eagles want to shift away from this running back by committee that they've been running over the past, you know, so many years. Um, but that move away should evolve. It's it's not just going to flip a switch and then, you know, Miles Sanders is going to be a feature back uh, week one. So Jordan Howard should still be productive. It's He's in a great offense. And I'm just looking for a guy that I can flex or, you know, be a viable RB2 um, if I need him uh, for a bye week. So... And we'll we'll see how the situation plays out. It's just it's speculation as to what uh, Miles Sanders is gonna, uh, what his role is gonna be. Um, I'm pretty high on him, but I think it's it's gonna happen over the course of the season. It's not gonna happen right away. So Howard still has a lot of value in my mind. Um, and the ninth, I took Devin Funches, who on paper is the number two wide receiver on that great indie offense. Um, but he's not, you know, the most reliable guy. So what I ended up doing was I paired him with Paris Campbell in the 12th. So now I have, you know, the, the two pieces that should be um, vying for that number two role in the offense. And T.Y. Hilton's not a picture of health either. So who knows how this can play out, but grabbing the, the second and third best options um, at wide receiver in the, in the offense is, is a good move, I think. And 
it, it should help kind of beef up that sort of underwhelming core of wide receivers that I selected in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Um, in the tenth round, I grabbed Carlos Hyde. Um, so I'm just looking to get a piece of piece of that gold in the KC backfield. It's a speculative play, and it could pay off if Damon Williams, if his numbers don't meet up to expectations. Um, while Reed doesn't use a committee approach, you know, it, Hyde could easily fill that leading role if given the opportunity, and Williams falters for whatever reason. And let's not forget that it was just two years ago that Carlos Hyde was RB9 overall in fantasy um, with the 49ers with 59 catches. So he can definitely fill that uh, that pass-catching role for uh, for Reed if, if the situation calls for that. Um, and the 11th round, yeah, I, I still only have one tight end. So in the 11th round, I took Delaney Walker, who kind of got ignored due to all of the you know, the reaching going on um, early in this draft. So I draft him as the tight end 23. He's coming off the ankle injury, and that's always a little bit dicey. Um, we'll have to see. You know, we got a long time before the season starts, but there hasn't really been any bad news um, about that. So uh, I'm moving forward as if he'll be healthy. I, I don't really even need the second tight end to start with Ertz on board, so this is just gravy to have Walker, and if he comes back to, um, you know, 80-90% of what he was, I've got a pretty decent um, second option. If you pay attention to the projections that Mike Clay puts out, um, hashtag Clay projections, I, he, I know how much work he puts into those, so I, I put a fair amount of value on, on the work that's going on there. He has Walker as um, tight end number seven this year. So that just uh, a person who's more informed on those things than myself, that's kind of reassuring that uh, that he's he's kind of giving him the, the thumbs up um, at number seven. And if you look at the footballguys.com preseason rankings, he you see uh, Delaney, for the most part, being ranked between 10th and 15th, so um, that there's some more validation that things should go well for Walker. Um, but again, I don't really need to have that second stud tight end because I got Ertz. Um, this is more of a backup, or he could, could be a flex, so it's there's not much downside to grabbing uh, Delaney at this spot. Uh, in the 13th and 15th rounds, I grabbed... Uh, couple more wide receivers, again, building the depth there, um, just giving myself options. I grabbed Adam Humphreys and Sean Jackson. Um, yeah, Tennessee's a mess at the receiver position, and it's not going to be a, uh, a a pool of, of, of receiving um, productivity. But uh, it, it's, they went out and grabbed him, paid him a lot of money. Um, so he should be a... A reliable option for Mariota, for what that's worth. Um, and Jackson is—he's clearly not a guy you can start with expectations week to week. But um, and it's, it's nearly impossible when you should you should start him. But they're decent options. Um, either of them can put up a big game in a situation if I have to flex them or uh, put them in there as a bye week fill in. Um, so as. Uh, I guess that's wide receivers six and seven for me. So, um, you know, 
even having to cut these guys is it's not it's not the end of the world if if things don't pan out. Um, in the fourteenth round, I grabbed Mike Davis again, kind of another Jordan Howard type situation. Um, and he had his win. Uh, Davis had his win taken out of his sales when the Bears drafted David Montgomery. But we we can't assume that Davis is out of the picture completely. Um, as the Bears, they grabbed Davis pretty quickly when free agency opened up. So this is a wait and see situation. And again, if if Henderson, um, I'm sorry, if Montgomery um, comes to the forefront and and grabs more of a share of of the situation, then that that's going to happen over the course of the season. So um, we'll see how it goes. But it's ADP wise, that's a bargain for Mike Davis. So that's the 14th round. Um, I think in the classic satellites, I have him pegged at an 11th round ADP right now. In best balls, he is uh, around that area as well. Um, 16th round, I grab Gio Bernard. Spoke about that. It protects my Joe Mixon investment. I don't have to play him. He's just, you know, um, insurance that Mixon stays healthy. But uh, he could produce some big games if, if for whatever reason Mixon is out. Uh, 17th round, I grabbed the Philly defense. Um, I expect to be streaming defenses for most of the year, but the week one matchup that Philly has against Washington looks pretty tasty. Um, either, uh, Dwayne Haskins could be the quarterback there, so that's always, uh, a good option to, to, to go after a rookie on the road, um, week one, so... In the 18th round, um, this is where I invest that dart that I had by not taking my second uh, quarterback. So, And I used it on um, Malcolm Brown. So I'm playing the other side of the girly equation, speculating that that situation continues to deteriorate and that Brown happens to be one of the guys that's called into action um, to pick up the the productivity that that Gurley is is perhaps not going to deliver. Um, Daryl Henderson's also there, but this is a lottery ticket that I'm using in the 18th round, and these are deep 20 man rosters in the FFPC, so you can carry a few of these guys on the bench that you just stash and and see what happens. Um, 19th round, I took a stab at my third tight end. I took rookie Seals Jones, hoping that the familiarity that Kyler Murray has with him. Um, in college, can carry over and, and seals maybe delivers on, uh, you know, the expectations that people had for him last year, um, and obviously with the new offense and Cliff Kingsbury coming in, um, that that bodes well for the potential for uh, Seals Jones to to perform. Um, but it, at a nineteenth round, you know, cost I don't have much to lose um, with Seals Jones, so he can easily be cut and grab another player um, if, if need be. 20th round, I grabbed the kicker, Michael Badgley. Nothing to see here. Just grabbing a kicker and a good offense. Week, home, uh, week one, they're home against Indy, so there should be a lot of points scored in that one. And, um, you know, same deal as the defense. I expect to be streaming those guys as the season rolls on. Um, so that's basically the recap uh, for the draft. It was very tight, like I said. Um, but you can't get too excited or, you know, worked up about it. It's a $150 entry draft. So 
Um, this this league's more about bragging rights than than taking down the cash prize. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I just want to give a, a few tidbits of information about the uh, the football guys players championship as well. Um, so one of the the more frequent questions I get regarding the the draft boards and the ADP uh, on FantasyMojo.com is where is the football guys data? And actually, my agreement with the FFPC it, they don't allow us to publish ADP for um, the football guys drafts. That that data is exclusive for use by footballguys.com and they will put out uh, traditionally a couple articles about the uh, the ADP um, and the leagues going on over there as well as a few strategy pieces. So, um, but like I said, the classic satellite leagues do sort of mimic the the format of the football guys. So that's what I use um, and suggest that people use if they're looking for ADP to use for the Football Guys Players Championship. Um, we are going to be retweeting draft boards that appear on Twitter for the Football Guys Players Championship. So as as people participate in these drafts, they will you know, post them up on Twitter. Um, and what we'll be doing is retweeting those draft boards So with the hashtag FBG2019. And I've already got a couple up there from uh, three drafts were run on day one of the competition. And two of the boards showed up on Twitter. So I retweeted those with FBG2019. Just search on that hashtag. And you can see the boards um, that are uh, appearing for the Football Guys contest. Um, it, it, it's, it's pretty much, again, it's pretty much the same... Uh, format, except in the football guys, the, the players playing in those tend to be more experienced. They will take more reaches because they're trying to, you know, grab those players that they think are going to bring home the big money at the end of the season. So they'll they'll take a few more risks in that competition than somebody might take in the classic uh, draft. But it, it's really when it comes down to ADP, it it doesn't vary that much. Um, so. Use the the classic draft ADP that we have, and um, that's going to be a decent approximation to to get you going um, for football guys. Um, so another update is on the Pros versus Joes competition for 2019, and we have gotten commitments from half of the pros that we are going to invite for 2019. Um, some really big names that you otherwise would not get a chance to to draft against. Um, and again, to, to get involved as a Joe, as a player in this competition, you need to sign up for a 2020 FFPC main event team under the early bird special um, now through May 31st. And you get $100 off each team for signing up early. So it's to your benefit. If you're thinking about playing in the, F in the main event, you might as well do it now. You're going to get your $100 discount off of your first team. They're also offering, I believe, $300 off every additional team. Um, so every team that you sign up for, you get a uh, virtual lottery, uh, a, a, virtu a virtual ping pong ball for the lottery selection of Joe's. Um, to play against 
um, the pros in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's competition. And I did a whole podcast on that competition, but that's those are a series of best ball drafts. There's six leagues um, with 12 teams, each one rostering six pros and six Joes. So the pros are the industry analysts um, that the notable names in the industry that you hear. Um, listen to the last podcast that I did. We go into it in, in great detail. Um, so there'll be 36 spots overall for Joe's to compete against these guys. And a couple of the names, I, I'll, I'll start releasing them on Twitter. Um, but the guys I have commitments for right now include, uh, Sigmund Bloom, um, Mike Tagliere, uh, Jared Smola from Draft Sharks, um, Matt Kelly, who is the Podfather. Everybody knows him. Um, you'll actually get a chance to go head to head with him um, if you get placed in his league. Um, so those are four of the names. I'll be releasing a lot more of them probably this week, and then we got more invites to send out to other competitors, um, pros in the industry. We'll be rolling them out over the course of uh, May and June, actually. So, but again, sign up for the FFPC main event and get your name on the uh, on the list as, as a candidate to participate in that. So I think that's going to do it for today. Um, get over to FantasyMojo.com if you want to keep up with all of the, the draft boards and the uh, ADP for the various uh, formats that we have. Uh, going on over at the FFPC. Um, rookie drafts are, I think there's four rookie drafts that are currently in progress, dynasty rookie drafts that we have the ADP and the draft boards up for. Next weekend is a huge weekend for rookie drafts. If my calculations are correct, there's going to be 265 rookie drafts firing off uh, next weekend on may 11th and we will have all the draft boards for all those and the adp for them as well um so that should be an exciting time to to log on and and see what's going on um so that's going to do it and uh we will talk to you next time